Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 43. I'm meteorologist Jeff Forgeron, joined by Camilla Orti. Hey Camilla. Hello. And our chief meteorologist, Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Boy, we've had some excitement in the past week weather-wise, not just in the higher elevations, but the lower elevations. We had a little bit of snow last Sunday. Oh yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. What what went down, you guys? You know, it's kind of a blur when we look back. It's funny, we, we as meteorologists, uh, regular folks would probably be like, I don't know, what's so hard? It snowed a little bit on Sunday. But I, we have like these weather events, and as we go back in time, it's like, wait, when did that happen and what happened that day? So I kind of have to picture the weather event in my mind. Yeah, we just had a real close call with snow where we had some uh, cold wind coming out of the gorge, dry, low dew points. So then some moisture came up uh, from the south, or did it come from the west? It came up from the, came from somewhere. And uh, it was just cold enough. We saw the, what we call evaporative cooling. And I think, is it fair to say, guys, that I think everybody in the metro area saw snow, but it only stuck in maybe half to three quarters of locations. And when I say it stuck, I mean, like, it counts if it was on your grass in your car for a few moments. I'd say more than half of us saw that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was kind of like a, a deformation band. So it was an area of low pressure that kind of dove into southern Oregon and northern California. And, yeah. Uh, one of the uh, precipitation bands associated with it kind of worked its way up north, and we got some action from that. It wasn't, you know, a major event, as Mark kind of talked about. We were really borderline temperature-wise, and uh, I think I think our temperature at my place in uh, southwest Portland was hovering around 33 most of the event when it, you know, ended up dropping and bottoming out. So we had snow accumulating on grass, on uh, bushes on our roof. It was kind of like slushy, wet snow. It never really accumulated on our roads, but I know, like you know, a little bit higher up, top of the West Hills, for instance, we had some snow accumulating on roads. But it it was more of uh, those conversation that conversational type of snow than a really impactful one. Yeah, I don't think it, it it affected many people's lives, and we call that conversational snow. I think I got that from an old friend, Drew Jackson, way back. He worked at here way back around uh, 2005 to 2010, 2010. And uh, that means you talk about it. You, you're, you're back then. You would call your friend, you know, instead of texting, and uh, and, and you'd say, "Oh, wow, it's, it's snowing at my house. It's snowing at yours." But it doesn't really affect your lives. Everybody was driving around like normal. But Jeff, what was what was your big total there up on the hill? What'd you have? We had about a half an inch. Um, and I took that from like a little table on our deck. If I had measured it, say, you know, elsewhere, it probably would have been a little bit lower. So I mean, it, it really was not much. Nice. So top of the West Hills, there were two inches because our Jeffrey, he was up there and uh, our, one of our reporters, Jeffrey Lindblom, and he got about, there were about two inches up there and I had maybe 2.8, but I'm not really in the metro area. I'm in yeah. the Western kind of, I'm, I guess you call me either Foothills of the Cascades or the Western Gorge. I had maybe 2.8 inches, which is pretty. It was sunny yeah. the next day and that was nice. I missed most of the action. We were flying back from Sacramento on That's Sunday right. and we just saw, yeah, kind of just some wet slushy snow left on the windshield, but that was pretty much it. How exciting. It was yeah. about that exciting, Camilla, let me tell you. you. You didn't miss much, let's say. Oh, by the way, we don't want to forget the official total. Drum roll. <laughs> Point 0.1 inch. 0. 0.1 inch out at the uh, National Weather Service in Park Rose. And that is the first snowfall of the season. Nice. Isn't that exciting? It is. So lame. So lame. <laughs> Wait. Jeff did you wants guys, more. Yeah, Camilla, did you know that was a, I'm not kidding. I, I kid you not. 
that it was a record snowfall for the date in Portland. No, that's so sad. <laughs> <We'd>, <laughs> hashtag sad. No. We'd never had measurable snow on, was it the 4th? I think that was the date, if I'm correct. What's today? 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Yeah, it was the 4th. And um, we'd never had measurable snow. We'd had a trace, I think, a couple times. But, um, yep, that's Portland for you. So 0.1 inch. And I didn't make a graphic for this, but I realized um, that does mean that technically we've had measurable snow now for eight consecutive winters and that's never happened mm. in Portland. we've never had more than seven mm. i mean wow. i didn't really i guess i didn't want to hit that one too hard until we had like a real half inch or an inch or two you know because yeah. it's a sad well, the, record the the nice thing is it happened on a sunday so i mean it, it was you know obviously it wasn't a big impactful snow no uh, but but it happened on a weekend too so everybody kind of got to enjoy it which was nice weekend snows are great except when we have to work them right, <laughs> right. So, unless right. you work weekends we got yeah. more snow in the Cascades. It keeps it keeps adding up up there, which is good, right? Ooh, wee, yeah. Camilla, what's it looking like up there? Yeah, so uh, I've got that ski bowl camera just uh, nice and big above me here. And, uh, it, I mean, it was coming down a little heavier earlier today. You know, we're recording this. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But, uh, uh, yeah, good amount of accumulation already, several inches. I think ski bowl had a couple inches of accumulation, more like 5 to 7, 8-inch range for Meadows and Timberline. Uh, but we know that uh, snowpack is doing great for this time of year in the Cascades, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think earlier this week we had about three to five feet on the ground at our ski resorts, and we were running, you know, above 150 uh, percent for this time of year, above yep. normal. So, and I think the entire state of Oregon, and that includes Washington, is experiencing a really good, healthy snowpack right now. Yeah, awesome for skiers. I was so jealous just, you know, because Ski Bowl opened on Saturday, right? So now we're getting to yeah. show those beautiful night shots at, at Ski Bowl, and it uh, just looks so fun. I want It's always to be magical. It's always it magical. Right when the sun, uh, we're losing the very last of the daylight, and the glow kind of starts arriving from, yeah. you look down, there's a glow in the mountains there. I mean, in the, in the trees below, so that's always really pretty. But um, 2nd December, where we've had good snow, snow in the Cascades, so we'll see mm-hmm. if this continues. Yeah, and we're less than two weeks away from the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. Um, so if we were to get another snow around this time of year, it's most likely to stick because of the low sun angle, uh, for the lowlands at least. And um, by the way, we're in a relatively active weather pattern right now. We had a decent batch of rain come through this morning. Mm-hmm. We had some action in the gorge. So again, we're recording this on Thursday, oh, yeah. December 8th. And Mark, you were texting me earlier this morning. You had some ice accumulation overnight. Oh, it's still there. It didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, it is... Um... Uh, yeah, so thin, very thin layer of cold air, still kind of stuck in the gorge because we haven't had a good west wind. You know, um, after the event on Sunday where the gorge had snow, um, it never, the westerly wind reversal, that's what we need to warm things up at the lowest elevations there. It only made it to Hood River. The Dallas never even really warmed up. So then easterly flow now is a system approach today. There's an area of low pressure kind of offshore. But um, so pulled in cold air. Models nailed it. Is it, I don't have the current temperature in front of me. PDX dropped all through the morning because of that evaporative cooling and the thin layer of cold air coming in. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm at home sitting at 30 and 31. So I had about a third of an inch of freezing rain morning and midday. It briefly changed to snow as slightly cooler air arrived overhead. My wife just said she actually stayed in town with a friend because she was working this morning. And she texted me about an hour ago and said, 
will it get below freezing tonight? And I had to say, well, actually, it never got above freezing today. Um, she doesn't like driving <laughs> on snow and ice. And the, and the road, it's just a steep, hilly road. There's chunks of trees on, you know, on, on the road and stuff. And so um, it's like, oh, well, that was kind of a loaded question that I had to answer. Um, so, um, yeah, well, we will see. And Weather Service just issued for, for this next event on Friday night. I think they have, I think they just issued a winter storm warning for the gorge again. Oh. It's a little more marginal. Temperatures won't be quite as cold. Let's see. Did they? You guys keep talking uh, amongst yourselves while I pull it up here. Mm. Yeah, uh, Camilla, you want to hear a funny story while Mark's looking this up? Of course. Last night, last night he was, I think it was like approaching 8 o'clock and Mark was <laughs> re realizing that, uh-oh, I'm going to have to head home in potentially some freezing rain. And the final text I got before I went to sleep, because, you know, I crash early, Sheila is not going to be happy. <laughs> oh, nope. He was super stressed about that last night. It was more so about Sheila than about him having a drive. Right, He's like, right. oh, my gosh, she's going to be so mad. <laughs> I, right, I was. <laughs> yeah. that was That was a stressor, that's for sure. It's pretty, and it didn't, you know, we have a generator and the power. Oh, but when I walked out the door, the power went out, too. And she teaches classes from home for a service district here. So she said, is the power working? And I said, well, once you plug in the generator, it has an electric start now. We upgraded. We know who's boss at the Nelson household. Yeah. Oh, yes. So yeah, we'll see. The, the It'll be better next week. The temperature yeah. difference is pretty, I mean, significant. I'm just, I, I just pulled up the current temperatures. So it's 37 right now in Portland, but 30 in Hood River. So, I mean, you know, the second you get into the gorge, it's like, burr. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just that thin layer of cold air along the Columbia River, the metro, Hillsborough's 44. So, um, yeah, it's just it's always like that right at the end of a, a, where we pull in the cool air from the east. And, and you know, it does happen again tomorrow night, although, like I said, the air is a little bit not as cold. So I guess I would tell my wife right now that, okay, Friday night it'll probably be just above freezing, just barely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if that gets you out of the hot seat for a day. Yeah. But this snow and ice right now, it's not really going to go anywhere. Yeah. 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 It, by the way, it makes for some really nice photos, some images that were coming. Coming in from the gorge, like the uh, the images from Multnomah Falls and Horseville yes, Falls. Yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Beautiful really pretty out there. If you um, can get there safely. This also kind of leads into our forecast for next week. So um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but um, it looks like uh, that system comes in Friday night, Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. A lot of snow for the Cascades are going to get dumped on. Probably real wet snow in the gorge. We'll see. That's to be determined. And then here's the deal. So at least half of the Columbia Basin right now, that's that whole low area east of the Cascades, east of the gorge, and then up into eastern Washington. I'd say at least half of that is covered in snow now. And after this event, maybe a little more than half covered. So then we go into this, this period of probably most or all of next week where high pressure takes over overhead, kind of upper level ridging of some sort. And so that leaves us with uh, a, a air mass down near sea level, high pressure east of the Cascades, east wind picks up on Tuesday. And when you have at least half snow covered Columbia Basin, two things go on. One is that high pressure gets really strong east of the Cascades. It's like, a, it's like you're just like refrigerating that air. And then when you have the snow on the ground, um, that can be a much colder east wind than we, we, than we would get here in the metro area without the snow cover east of the Cascades. So it's more like we're gonna go from a refrigerator, which we typically get, with the east wind, you know, where it's cold, cool air is blowing in from the east, high temperatures in the mid-40s in Portland, everybody's annoyed. I think it'll be a little more like a freezer where we may have trouble getting to 40 the latter half of next week. Really cold yeah, stuff, very cold and dry. A couple different shots of modified Arctic, Arctic air looks like it's going to be dumping in from the north. And, uh, yeah, it's. I think the big story next week is not going to be, you know, necessarily snow and um, – things like that like low elevation snow no. for instance it is just going to be it's going to be cold and dry 
a lot of that. Yeah, we will see. I see the uh, the, the old GFS last night was trying to push in real Arctic air, um, and then other models don't seem quite as aggressive. So probably, yeah. I don't know, looking at the Euro ensembles, highs between 36, 42, somewhere in there. Wow. A GFS yeah. is always so cold. I mean, you know, they had an upgrade to that model, what, two weeks ago? It still looks the same. I mean, un- way below what the other models show on surface temps. A good time of year to lean on the, the ensembles, the computer yes. ensembles. Yes, yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, so we, we will see either way, cold and dry next week. And um, chicken water line is going to go off again. What? <laughs> I'm glad you said it, Jeff, because I was thinking it. <laughs> I said that on air, apparently on air last week. Well, here's what I'm referring to. The, I have an above ground water line, you know, the spigots that go out to the chicken coop, uh, you know, for water because they need water, you know, even when it's cold. Yeah. But when it gets below freezing, when I know it's going to, you know, get well below freezing at night. I, tur- I can I just do a quick turn off in the house and it just drains out and you know so it won't break you know you don't want water in the line it'll break and so um, I referred to that last or, no it was earlier this week as um, on the air as turning off the chicken water and Stephanie said what are you like chicken broth I don't know, are you doing something with chicken broth outside what are you talking about and so I need to be very clear that it's the water line out for my pets outside maybe that's a better description yeah, there's such a small percentage of people that right. would understand what that means Mark right so how about the the exposed water lines outside for the pets there you yeah. go. that makes more sense I think I'll start using that wording you Camilla, know how much... oh, oh sorry ahead. I was gonna no, go say ahead. Johnny and I are such like new homeowner noobs that mm-hmm. uh, I had actually while we were in Sacramento this past weekend had a friend come let out the dogs uh, one of the days and uh, she texted me. She's like, I disconnected your hose, too. You know, that can, you know, freeze. And <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Newbies. So, I know. But, yeah, I got to think about that stuff. But everybody, everybody's got to learn once, right? That's it right. It cracks, breaks, and then you say, oh, yeah, you don't do that the rest of your life. So we yeah. all got to learn. I think yeah. it's time for Camilla to pay a visit to the Nelson uh, Ranch, if you will. The compound? Yeah, yeah. I would love that. I'd love ladies, to meet all the ladies. The ladies are all locked up tight today. In fact, I didn't even go down there and see them. I assume they're fine. The ladies are all locked up. Okay, I I hope everybody understands that that's the chickens. That's yeah, the chickens. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So Keep yeah, cold down. next week. That's a big story. Yeah. Yep. And uh, speaking of cold and east wind, I walked into the weather center. Gosh, I think it was a couple days ago, yesterday or two days ago. I'm losing <laughs> track of time. And I see this big packet, like in like laminated. It's like a laminated folder sitting on a, oh, a desk yeah, in the weather it's center. Still here. Yellowing. Yeah, it's yellowing too. Up, yeah, it's like it's a it's a letter that was sent to Mark Nelson in 1997 um, from a viewer talking about obviously the East Wind and the different names that people refer to the East Wind as. And um, you flip through this little packet, and all of a sudden you realize that there is like a massive submission of names for the East Wind in here. And um, I won't go into detail of some of the names because some are a little inappropriate for our <laughs> podcast, but. Um, yeah, Wait, Mark, now I got now some... I got to page through this thing. Oh yeah, go to go to the first one listed. And, yeah, uh, give us a don't... few. Yeah. Okay, let me see. So... None of them are that offensive. I mean, they're just we we would never use it. Yeah. Open give us a few. Here. Hmm. Wow. Oh, okay. Just where it starts with the it's an alphabetical order here. Yeah. Ancient voices. Um, what? There were what? some weird ones. Badger. Um. <laughs> Beasterlies. Wait. The That'd Beasterly. Be cool. That's kind of cool. Beast from the East. I remember that one. Um, let's see. I'm just going to flip to a random. It really adds a lot when we can hear the flipping pages. I feel like we're it's a real-time like uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Fast Freezing Fanny. <laughs> no. No. 
How about Gornado? Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. High low blow. How about? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Hood River Hood River Hooters. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Come on. Nope. Oh man, there's some good ones. Holy crap! How many submissions are there in this thing? Okay. Uh, there or, were about 7,000. Let me, let me explain what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so way back in 1997, this idea came about from the Ameri- local chapter, the Oregon chapter of the American Meteorological Society. Um, that's a weather geeks and, you know, professionals and whatnot. And we said, hey, this east wind that shows up every cool season, it annoys people. It be- becomes very persistent like it's going to be next week. And it's always been called the east wind. How about if we were to try to name it? Like the Chinook wind, uh, properly named Chinook, but it's Chinook is how most people refer to it. Um, the Chinook wind is, is that wind on the east side of the Rockies. It comes off the Rockies. It's called the snow eater. It can suddenly really warm things up on the Great Plains. And a little known fact, that wind actually came from the Oregon coast. It was a southwesterly breeze that the Chinook named. But anyway, so we said, okay, look, what if we could name the east wind like the Santa Ana or the Chinook? So we put on this huge contest. Uh, it was great because all the local media, the radio, TV stations, all the weather people were in on it. The um, newspapers, which of course were a much bigger deal in the 1990s. Everybody got in on it, and for a month or so, people could submit names. And if, if, if I'm correct on the front of that, Camilla, it says, or were there about 7,000 entries? Let me yes, see. something like that. Yeah, yeah, 7,000. Yeah. Crazy. Go. Many of them were duplicates because people came up, come up with the same sort of ideas. A lot of them were uh, Native American names, of course. And so I remember the meeting. We had it at the back room. It was a back room meeting to choose a name. We, we, we were down to like 200 names, something like that. Like we just said, okay, which ones are good? We had a back room meeting at McMenamin's on Broadway, Cajun Tots and Ranch. And it was like some <laughs> sunny Saturday. And I remember uh, we gathered and we, we decided on coho wind because a coho is a, a fast, uh, an aggressive fish. And there was another reason. It's, oh, it's kind of the opposite of a Chinook. So it's like, oh, Chinook wind, warm and westerly wind. Coho wind is a cold east wind. So we came up with that. All the local media used it that winter. I think we did this in November. So this time of the year, everybody used it the first winter. Um, TV. I think the weather service tried used it in some of their wording as well. It wasn't just us. And then, as I recall, there was just a lot of blowback from people, especially the people that are most affected by the wind. East, East Portland areas, Western Gorge. And some people just hated it. They thought, you know, how presumptuous is that? to name something that we've always just called the East Wind. It, that's just, it is what it is. I remember talking to an older lady, Nev Scott up there in Corbett. She said, uh, and I, we had the, I did a package on it, it was great. And this lady said, she goes, how presumptuous is it for people to come from somewhere else and tell us what to name our wind? It has always been the East Wind and it always will be. And she pounded her fist on the table. <laughs> and so it just didn't stick. And, and I think by the second winter I stopped using it and then everybody else stopped using it within a year or so. So that was it, we tried and I don't, I'm curious. I wonder if it would be different in the days of social media. Yeah, like if it would have stuck a better, a little more exposure. Maybe. maybe, yeah, more exposure. But we, I mean, we have plenty of entries. I mean, maybe more exposure. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to assign a new name to something that's always. It really always has had that name, even though it's bland. It's had that name for you know, I don't know, hundred and something years. Yeah. Yeah, I could go either way on this. Like, I, I mean. Maybe it's because I've only been here for four years that I'm not offended if it was named something or not. But um, I don't yeah. know. I, Mark, where, would you name it to, to this day? Should we do a Twitter poll? What, what, what's, what's the plan? That would be interesting. But I think you'd have the same amount of people that would say, like people that really don't aren't affected much by would that would say, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't you? Yeah. I mean, personally, my personal feeling is 
I don't know if there was some regulation that we have to name it the Coho Wind. Fine, that's not going to happen. But you know, it could possibly happen. Um, My only, the only yeah. thing I can say is it might create a little confusion, and that's the last thing we need in in weather right now. Is you know, you think? More... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, we don't need more confusion. But yeah, so it's just an interesting, funny little story. I can't believe it's been twenty five years. Where were wow. you guys twenty five years ago? Learning Never mind. how to walk. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Camilla. Well played. Yes. Uh, no, that's cool, though. I mean, I, I honestly had no idea about all the kind of the history. So it was cool to learn about that. I'm glad you wrote a little blog post about it. All right. Oh, yeah. if you thought this was a funny story. Wait till you wait till you hear this one. <laughs> so I don't know what time it was. I think it was probably a late afternoon or evening. And an email drops into all of our inboxes <laughs> at work. <laughs> and uh, it has to do with forks, guys, forks. Um, our, our own chief meteorologist, Mark Nelson, went on his little, I, I guess it's like once Rampage. every two or th- two or three months, you go on a little rant. It, it's, it, it's usually not related to weather. <laughs> and um, this one had to do with forks and how they disappear from our break room. Mark, take it away. I could just, why don't we just read it? It was very short. Oh, yeah. Do you have it pulled up? Oh, I'm sure. Let me find it. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. Um... It was titled, Please Don't Take Forks Home. This went to the newsroom. (laughs) Uh, And follows. Hey, folks, a classic office email follows. See, I was trying to make it light. Please try to avoid taking forks home with your lunch leftovers slash dishes. For about 15 years, I've been the person buying forks and spoons from Goodwill. Then I get reimbursed by uh, our news director, Chris, or previous news directors because it's been 15 years. And then I go on this mathematical journey. I say, that's 30 forks or spoons three times per year. That's about 1,000 that have gone through our break room, but they always gradually disappear. I estimate one or two per week. I don't mind buying them because I hate little plastic forks, but it would be nice if they stuck around a little bit longer. Passive aggressive right there, right? So please try to keep them here. Your forking friend, Mark. And so, oh, then there's a picture, a picture of forks. I think that oh, was a real did. clincher. I didn't realize you attached a picture. So oh, yeah, you have I to did. have a picture with every post. I did some investigative work for you, Mark. <gasps> you did? I found at least where one of these forks went. At your house? Oh, no. I have I have at least one spoon at my house. I oh, I know. There you go. With you people, savages. So, Bonnie Silkman admitted that every so often, some of us just happen to leave a fork in a Tupperware and bring it home. So I think I Bonnie knew it. Silkman. I think she is responsible for at least one fork. You know what? And then, <laughs> Go ahead. While we were having this discussion on the anchor desk for Good Day Oregon, uh, Tony happened to say, you know, I would never in my life take a break room fork home. So Tony, re- Tony Martinez is not responsible for any of the forks disappearing. Tony Martinez is innocent. He I have is. never taken a fork home, but you know, Chris, our news director, he did say he goes, you know, you know, man, this was like six months ago. He he, he said uh, that's what's happening. What Bonnie describes, like I, I guess somebody is eating, and then they say, oh, I don't want to walk all the way over to the break room and turn it back in. I'll just take it home and wash it, and I'll bring it back. But then it probably doesn't come back. Yeah, or it just gets thrown in your lunch bag, and you forget about it. Put Camilla, it on the. I just leave Camilla. it on the desk for you all to see. It's dried up that, the next day. And that's exactly in. right, and that's, that's exactly disgusting. right. One of, Every... one time, someone was oh. eating yogurt or cottage cheese with a spoon <laughs> because like it was a white, crusty yeah. material that was on Listen. the spoon sitting on in the weather center. I thought every I looked it. Every other week, I come in and there is a fresh fork or spoon <laughs> sitting on the weather desk. That's, and it's oh, wink- that's disgusting. Who would do and that? It's just I... winking at me. It's like insane. And 
and you know who it is. And there's a guy that sends out an email <laughs> claiming that somebody's taken the forks. Well, maybe they're just left on random desks around the station. Yeah, maybe taking them home is better than airing out your germs to your coworkers. Let the record show I usually lick them pretty clean, but I guess I didn't that day that Camilla saw some residue. That is so gross. Uh, but, I mean, okay, so, you know, Jeff, we, we started to pick up on what Mark's pet peeves are. Mm-hmm. Markisms. I, I, I think this fork thing has got to be top three, don't you think? Yep. Oh, boy. You know what? For sure in the top three is touching, like, editing graphics and then not saving them as your own. Right. Yeah, that's a big one. Jetstream. Um, yeah. Jetstream forecast. Yeah, the Jetstream graphic. Um, there, there's a few. You're putting me on the spot here. But yeah, the, <laughs> the fork thing all of a sudden is at least in the top five. Yeah, okay. That Yeah, that's all I wanted to establish there. Yeah. <laughs> Are we done with the forks? I think we're done with the forks. Oh, I think we've covered that. That's good. Yeah, so the, everybody knows how I feel, and so let's, let's try to remember to keep the forks at work. Yes. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> but exciting weather center news is we've been decorating for the holiday season. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you think um, of our tree, Jeff? You just walked in today. It was there. Uh, well, it was there yesterday, actually. I think you're oh. also uh, losing track of days like I am, Mark. <laughs> yeah, um, lots of days. No. I, I was trying to figure out, okay, where could this small tree have come from? And I'm just going to take a wild guess. Did this come from the Nelson compound? It sure did. That's that's right. So you you cut this down just for the weather center. I, I think we all feel pretty special that we get to you know, decorate a tree from the Nelson household. Yeah. That tree was alive two days ago, Jeff. And it's a, it's a noble fir, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, it's I a was, little started, thin. Kind of, you notice it's kind of thin, right? It was in the shade, so and I, I never trimmed that one, so that's why it's thin looking. Yeah, it's, bo- it's borderline Charlie Brown. <laughs> and I was telling Mark, <laughs> I was sad that it didn't have uh, like a strong scent to it. Like I wanted like a nice piney. Oh, you know? no, 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 no! It does. It, it, what? I was sitting in the back of the weather center this morning. That's where I hang out most days, and uh, yeah, I got a little whiff of it. It was nice. Oh. Maybe yeah, I, just, I got some I just yesterday. Sit too far yeah. away, maybe. And I they don't have a strong. I, yeah, we were discussing that. The, the, the nobles don't. At least uh, the, I've never noticed at our house. They, they never have a strong scent. The um the uh, I'm sorry. The grand furs, boy, they smell really good, but they dry out so fast. Grand furs mm. are really fragrant. I started decorating it yesterday, and I realized like halfway through I should probably stop because I didn't want to steal the thunder. Still, you know. Oh, that was the, you. I wonder. Drew Drew took care of it. He was the decorator yesterday, yeah. big time. Except for Jeff. Moments. Jeff, did you notice the star on the top? That was a nice <laughs> touch. Thank first you. First alert. Yeah. What is it? Are you responsible for that? Yeah, it's a little first alert weather star that I I crafted myself with my own hands. You know, um, uh, Mia Villanueva coined a new term for the decorated weather center. I saw it on Twitter yesterday. Uh, they're not calling it zoo lights. We're calling it Drew lights, apparently. Drew Reeves. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, according to Mia, Drew is going to be charging admission to come see the uh, Drew lights. I love That's that. sweet. The Drew yeah. lights. I love yeah. Mia. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. Drew, too. Yeah. yeah. We work with good people. I don't <laughs> think we, do. we like almost all our coworkers, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And it's always more festive in the weather center than anywhere else in, in the building. I mean, oh, we, just, yeah, yeah. we take so much pride in it. We've got a menorah sitting in the corner. Yeah. That's right. Um, good. Yep, good. Yep. It has all the, the candle wax from previous years. Street cred, <laughs> if you will. Street and, cred. Um, yeah. It's just it, we have lights going. We don't you know what, though? It's kind of sad. 
I think there's only like a strip of lights at the base of the Christmas tree. No. So Jeff, I literally moments before this podcast, I just added an extra string of lights, so it's looking a lot better. Oh, yeah, wow. I had to bring more in. I, yeah. we, had, we we were I didn't bring nearly enough in, so that was on my list. Actually, I had to make sure when I got home last night. You know, forget the ice storm and stuff like that. I put that right <laughs> beside the coffee maker, a little post-it that says "More lights" with exclamation <laughs> point. Yeah, we have our priorities straight here in yeah. the first alert weather center. So, um, but yeah, guys, uh, it it just seems like we're you know in another active pattern for another couple of days or so, and then the focus will be on this bone chilling east wind that's going to be coming in and. I think over the next few days, we'll get a better handle of how cold it's going to get next week. We're kind yeah. of in that – we're right outside of the bubble of like five to seven days where we really start to get hone in on the forecast. But. Well, and here's something else to consider. Once the air is here – once that – even what we're seeing now, even the models that aren't that cold, if it's just a chilly east wind, that's going to be cold enough that when moisture returns uh, in the right pattern, we could get snow or freezing rain in the metro. So uh, once the cold is established, it's not going to go anywhere um, with the pattern I'm seeing. Well, I got to tell you, the upper level pattern is so splitty and ridgy. It's hard to describe without looking at the maps, but very unlike what we had last December where we just had a very sharp upper level trough over us that got really cold. This is like stuff's just moving all over the place in the upper atmosphere, which is going to be a huge pain forecasting, I think, beyond the end of next week. Yeah, so bottom line, keep a close eye on the forecast. Yes, um, yes. And don't don't use the Weather Channel's weather app. Come on, everybody. Come I've been getting on, some, guys. Get, it's been junk. Getting so many screen. Yeah, I've been getting so <laughs> many screenshots. Somebody sent me a message yesterday saying, is it really going to snow on Christmas Day? And, they, and I'm oh. like, how is it possible that these weather apps are going that far out? It's right. insane. That's ridiculous. Uh, so uh, do us a favor. Download the first – Actually, it's the Fox 12 weather app. You can just search Fox 12 weather in your app store. Um, we have ways to download it. We have QR codes on you know, our Facebook page and things like that. But we are getting in there. We are editing the forecast multiple right. times a day. Uh, just you know, laboring away, and uh, you all should benefit from it in the coming weeks. So A little uh, – a little, I was going to say a little bit of inside info. I remember I said, uh, I think to both you and Camilla, I go, I don't want that app. It goes out 10 days on our app. I don't want it to show snow until we decide that, okay, it looks like it will actually snow or there's a decent chance. So we yep. don't want just random stuff appearing on our app that, you know, alarms folks. Yeah. Is that the whole story? Oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was I just, okay. <laughs> we don't want you to be alarmed until we decide it's time to uh, alert you. Let's say we don't want to alarm you, just alert you. So yeah. what, first alert. Well, on that note, thank you, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Set it straight. <laughs> and thank you all for joining us here on the on episode 43 of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. Of course, uh, as the weather, you know, turns a little more active in the coming weeks, we'll be circling back with another another episode here. But until then, uh, stay warm and drive safe. And we'll talk to you soon. So stop your waiting and hesitating and tell us, please tell us. About the weather